0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and
1: Sam.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Here to break down that game, I guess, against the Cleveland Browns. Kyle, uh, I guess there's two separate questions. How are you doing and your thoughts on the game? Let's just start with how you're doing. Yeah, well,
1: th- those two things are often connected, right? And, yes. Uh, so I'm doing okay, I suppose. Uh, it was quite the game. So I'll toss it back to you, see how you're doing, but then let's, then let's get in that game. Hi, how are you doing this morning, Sam?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I to For full transparency, I left the game halfway through because I got an opportunity to go golfing, and I came back and finished the game without knowing the final score. Uh, and I'm certainly glad I went golfing. Yes. Um, Yeah. I, uh, I was, I was hesitant, but that watching that second half in particular, when I came back was so painful. Um, let's jump into first down here and you've labeled this section, the uninspiring offense. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Like seven points on the board is obviously uh, a story in and of itself, but what did you see? With this offense that has changed from what we've seen these past few weeks. Even in these losses, the offense yeah. wasn't like
1: that. Yeah, that's right. So it's so keep in mind, so we scored in that opening drive. And it's important to remember that your opening 15 or so plays, your opening drive, and then maybe into your second drive, you know, it depends how many plays you run. But that opening drive was all scripted, right? It was they knew each team goes into the game. There's a certain amount of set plays, right? And obviously, you don't necessarily know when you're going to call certain plays because second and one is a different situation than first and 15, right? And so you called the plays at different times, but they knew the Vikings go in, they've got their offensive script, they march down the field, they're methodical, they do really, really well, excellent uh, touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson, and you're saying to yourself, you know, game on, this is the, this is the offense we've, come to know, right? And then Cleveland comes back and they have their own methodical drive, but then Minnesota comes up with that great uh red zone stop, right? For, uh gets them off the field after fourth down. And so you're thinking, okay, now we're cooking, right? Like now we're, you know, if the defense can show up, we just saw the offense continuing, you know, their stuff and we're thinking to ourselves, you know, okay, we got a really good chance here in this game. But then from there on out, the offense struggled. Um you know, the first quarter was essentially those two drives. So you could say the first quarter went excellently for Minnesota's offense because they only had the one drive and they did great. Um, but from second quarter through to the very end, they didn't score any points at all. And credit to you know, credit to Cleveland's, you know, they made the adjustment. Um, so this is so I, this is what I wrote before the game. Um, this was in the three keys article that I wrote. And so this is what I said. To their credit, the offensive line has done wonderfully over these past two weeks. That's Minnesota's offensive line. So much of that success goes back to what Little Coog and Kirk have done to help out the line. The ball is getting out very, very quickly, so the line doesn't need to hold up for very long. What happens though, if Cleveland finds a way to neutralize the short and inter- intermediate areas of the field, we may be in some trouble. Okay? So, this first three weeks, the offensive line and the offense has thrived largely because of this methodical uh, get the ball out quick, uh, let your receivers get yards up the catch. And then, you know, it's, it's screen games. Uh, it's slants. It's running the ball effectively, that kind of thing. And that has allowed our offense to thrive. Right. And then it doesn't put too much stress in the offensive line because instead of taking a seven step drop where you have guys scorching it down the field, 40, 50 yards, you're taking a three step drop and getting the ball out of your hands on a six yard. Right. Right. And so, you know I can see that. Everyone can see that. Um, Cleveland quite evidently saw that, and they they took away the run. The run game was horrible, and then they took away a lot of those easy completions where we get yards of a catch. And then from there, what were we left with? Well, we were left with uh, our offensive identity essentially being taken from us, right? So if we can't run the ball, and then if we can't do well in the screen game, do well in bootlegs, do well in slants do well in quick outs, et cetera, et cetera, well, in, we're in some real trouble, right? And, and, and that's essentially what happens. Uh, so far as I could tell, I mean, I haven't gone back and rewatched the film, but uh, so far as I could tell, Cleveland basically neutralized the one or two things that we do really, really well on offense, and then we didn't have an answer, unfortunately. No.
0: No, there was a lot of third and longs, and that that is hard. Dalvin Cook... Ran for a total of thirty-four yards, and it's going to be very hard for the Vikings yeah. to win if he does that. Uh, I know he only had nine touches; it, it just didn't seem like. I know he was coming back from injury; it just never yeah. seemed like that was They were set up for for a whole lot of success. I I yeah. do think that because of the way that Cleveland's offense works, with how much they run the ball, that it makes it difficult for the offense to get back on to the field and and really get into a groove, and like they just really besides that first drive, they really didn't yeah. have another notable offensive drive in the game no. outside of maybe if you want to say the last drive, although it feels a little bit um, less valid because they're just trying to prevent the, the deep ball.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, the answer to Cleveland's approach is to do that yourself. It's, right. it's the key is to keep getting first downs, Right. Like, so almost in the same way. So like, how do you how do you stop Tom Brady? How do you stop Aaron Rodgers? How do you stop Russell Wilson? We well, don't let them leave the bench, right? Like you, you, try and keep your offense out there these long methodical drives, and if you end up possessing the ball for 35 or 40 minutes, well, you got a much better chance of slowing down these elite quarterbacks, right? And I mean, against Cleveland, it's going to be tough in that they're they have that same approach. They're they're, they're saying, well, how do we, you know, hold them to seven points? We just run the ball like crazy. Right. And they did, you know, Nick Chubb is excellent. Kareem Hunt is an excellent running back. Right. And they, you know, they they were pretty effective. I mean, Baker Mayfield wasn't Baker Mayfield was awful. Um, but they ran the ball extremely well. or maybe not not extremely well. It wasn't like we were getting gashed constantly, but they, they ran it really, really effectively. Obviously there was that one Kareem Hunt on third and 20, uh, that was just backbreaking. Um, but really, the answer to that would be for Minnesota. As Dwight trout would say, you go tit for tit, right? And so for Minnesota, to come back and have their own version of that, right? Where they uh, have some offensive rhythm, but they were so clunky. They were so um, out of sorts. They just really didn't have an answer, which was unfortunate. And I do wonder, not that I know anything at all about this, but I wonder if maybe Delvin Cook should have rested another week. Um, not necessarily that that you know, Alexander Madison had to 10 carries for 20 yards, so it's not like Madison was setting the world on fire, but uh, I do wonder about bringing Cook back because he was he, he had some moments where he looked excellent, you know, vintage Cook where he just was so elusive, but it was it was a rough day overall, mm-hmm. yeah. It's always easy to look back, like
0: especially after knowing the performance and how this went. Um, you obviously rest him, I don't think that, uh, like I'm glad that they didn't push him too hard. Like the fact that he only had nine carries yeah. you know, means that um obviously it wasn't they like they threw him back in there. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think one of the points you made there that made this game so frustrating was just seeing like the Cleveland Cleveland played a, a good game and they were a good team, but there was a lot of things that went poorly, and and for sure Baker Mayfield, um, I know he like he I really enjoy Baker Mayfield. I, I think it's kind of fun to have guys like him in the league, and I'm definitely cheering for him. Um, but he was garbage yesterday. Yeah, he was brutal. Like honestly, yeah. like garbage. Like like sailing balls over guys' heads. He's always just been this yeah. guy that zips in these passes and um, almost Tom Brady esque. But uh, though that was not Tom Brady,
1: um, that was just like, yeah,
0: like the opposite. The, the yeah. accuracy was so poor, and I think that that adds to the frustration. I think of this loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of his, both his accuracy and his decision-making. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I was left just like scratching my head. Like, like what, what were you thinking? And I, like I say that, like, I know, like, if you put me on that field, you know, with the ball in my hand as a quarterback, I mean, it's not like I could figure this stuff out, but like within the realm of NFL quarterbacks, he'd look at him and say, man, oh man, what were you thinking that that was just, he, he was, he was awful from start to finish. Um, I don't know if he's dinged up. Is he hurt? Right? Like, I, I I don't know. I I just I don't know how to explain. Um, he had a, he had a really poor day. He had a really poor day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying. I, I think if you put cousins on the other side of the ball yesterday, um, they they probably have twenty eight points. At minimum. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, they're like just because there was a couple throws that that could have been touchdowns, um, that mm-hmm. weren't made. But, um, talking a little bit about the Cleveland offense, there we can. Switch over to the defense, and we did mm-hmm. see um Dantzler yesterday, and yeah. partly it seemed because Breland was knocked out with that illness. Um, but what were your thoughts on Dantzler? I know that he came out uh after the game last week and mm-hmm. had some fun on Twitter, uh, which is always great when yeah, uh, and it, it, yeah. you know what? Like guys get frustrated, it, it makes sense, it wants to play, but
1: yeah, yeah, what were your thoughts on him yesterday? So I do, I have wondered if the reason why he's not playing has more to do with off-field things than on-field things. Just because I can't rationalize how Breland still demands a starting position. Um, so what am I What am I missing? Because when I see Breland on the field, I see to myself, my gosh, this is not a starting caliber corner. And all of last year, Cameron Dansler was. Uh, and so I wonder if is, you know, is there more, so there's the tweets, right? Which obviously are not good. And Zim was asked about that specifically, and are you going to address that? And he said, yes, that he will address that. Um, so it's just been a confusing and discouraging uh, few weeks here with Danceler because we all expected and hoped for so much in a lot of ways, but in any case, he came in. So Breland, it looks like it was a mental error, right? So there was a, a decent completion. And it looked like so after the game or after the completion, rather, you saw Xavier Woods our safety and Breland get up and, and Woods kind of seemingly motioning with his hand saying like, no, you were up. You were, you know, that that route in front was you. I was the deep man. Right. And then immediately thereafter, Dancer comes in. So. Zim said, you know, and in the game broadcast, it said um, it said that he was uh, sick. And this is, this is the post-game press conference, I got the transcript here. And so here, here's the, uh, the direct quotes, the questions, and then the answers. So, question. Do you have a prognosis for Bashad Breland? Answer, he was sick. Question, were you able to see how Cameron Dancer did it all? Answer, not really, I don't know. So Zim wasn't really in a mood for talking, uh, at least not when it comes to this topic. Uh, we're saying it's an illness, but we've had three straight weeks of awful play. We had yet another mental error that leads to a significant play for Cleveland's. And then immediately thereafter, Cameron dancer gets put into the game. So you kind of do the math, right? And you say to yourself, okay, is this dude really sick? Um, maybe. I, I don't know. But I, I I thought Dantzler went in there and I don't... So, so Mayfield was bad. We, we both agree. And I think probably anyone who watched the game agrees that Mayfield was bad. But some of that had to do with Dansler being in there, right? Like Dansler had good coverage at different points. Now mind you, if if Mayfield had a better game, Dansler would have gotten exposed a couple times, allowed a lot of couple completions, I'm sure. But I thought that he looked really good in run defense, which Breland also looks good in run defense. Breland's physical, has a good size. And so to me that's kind of you know they're basically on par and that they're both good tacklers. Uh, but I thought Dansler did well. I, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on that, Sam?
0: Yeah. Well, I know that I saw him a few times matched up against uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And, exactly, and played well. Like I know Odell is coming back from this the, that awful injury last year, and so like, is he at the top of his game? Like, maybe not. And there there were a couple plays when you look back at the replay, it's like, oh, like if Baker has got the accuracy, um, yep. maybe he fits it into a window. But yep. like he did well. They're like like at, at the end of the day. Odell didn't really have success against him, and so you can yeah. see that a win. Uh, yeah. I do think that one of the keys to this Minnesota defense, I know it feels um, I, like I, I definitely don't want to get into the mindset of this being a lost season. I know that feels like a little bit of a narrative already, and and like it's not. Um, it's going to be okay. It, it's going to be really tough. Like We dug mm-hmm. a, a significant hole, um, but if the Minnesota Vikings are going to rally off some a streak here and some wins. I, mm-hmm. That cornerback position is crucial for them to have success, and I feel yep. like Dancer at this point needs to be the guy. Um, I'm hoping the best for Breland. It, it seems like he's really inspired. I don't. It seems. Um, I don't know if it's mental or physical or, or what's going on. That the blown coverage on that play was was like very bad um and and sometimes those things happen um yeah. that's been every week multiple but times right it's like there's been enough of a track record like you, you yep. you've made you, you can make the assessment now um yeah. not that it can't change but the assessment has yeah. made on, on yeah. and exactly so I, think that, I think that needs to be dancers position to um to lose but we also like like kyle's mentioned we're we're not Privy to the information that's that's happening, um, yeah. sometimes off the field as much, and so it's easy to look at it from here and being seeing the performance. Um, but all else to say, I, I do hope that Dantzler improves and um, continues to to do what he was doing because I I thought he played quite
1: well yesterday. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think you know if we're we're gonna in third down we're gonna talk about the path forward, so I won't get into that too too much. But like locking down that second cornerback spot, right? Maybe locking down is too strong, but raising our floor, right? Going, going from literally, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst corner in the NFL this season is Bashad Breland so far. Um, or at least he was going into week four to maybe someone who is even average. I mean, last year he was better than average. Last year he was good, right? But if you even... Get to average play, then that man that makes a big, big difference. If you eliminate one or two big explosive plays a game, that's massive, right? That's massive. Take, take away the Jamar Chase touchdown against Cincinnati, and what happens, right? Like, like take away whatever, right? Go through each game and and, and find one or two big plays, and if you can take those away, then you're saying to yourself, okay, you know this, you know we we've just taken a noticeable stride, a, a notable noticeable step forward, and so. All I can see really are press conferences, the games, and then what players tweet, right? What they put out into the public. I don't know if there's, you know, did Dantzler and Zim, do they fight? You know, is there conflict when they, I, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's confusing. Uh, um, but I was, I don't buy, I don't really buy that Breland was sick and that's why he didn't play the rest of the game. I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, I think, he had yet another mental error dancer went in and played considerably better. And like Sam was saying, there's a couple spots where I think Mayfield could have placed the ball better and a better quarterback would have. Um, but then you also give credit to Dantzler and kind of forcing him into a trickier throw. Um, Sam, you're going to know more about this, but you know, isn't there some sort of saying in hockey where, you know, you, you hit the post and in a sense you give the goalie credit in that the shooter had to take a certain angle. Um, so even and I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm just making this up, pulling this out of my butt, um, and that's certainly not true all the time. But in a sense, you have this idea that you know the shooter hits the post, and you think, oh, that's an error on the shooter. But credit to the goalie in that you made the the shooter have to take that angle in the first place, right? For sure. And may, maybe there's some of that with a corner as well. I don't know. What For do sure. you think?
0: No, I absolutely. I like. I do think that that's it, like. At the end of the day, your goal is to not let them catch the ball in hockey the goal is to not let them score and exactly. if you do that based on where you are and what you're doing. Yeah uh, I don't really care what happens on the other side of the ball. Like if, if Mayfield is like if sure. Like, sure. like I was gonna say if you throw a junior high guy in there and and <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter in, in some <laughs> ways some of those throws. Yeah um, I'm not gonna go there. Um yeah. but I, I do think that um at the end of the day he did his job it happened. Yeah. And, yeah. You go. and yep. so if something different happens, then, then maybe you can make an assessment on that. But, but mm-hmm. based on the game and how it went, and, and even like maybe you could even say knowing uh, how much time, because there was a few times where Mayfield was scrambling and actually had some additional time, and that makes it increasingly difficult to provide yes, coverage. Um, that's right. But knowing kind of how quickly they are getting rid of the ball and, and what they're doing, because he jumped up on a couple of routes that um, then Odell yep. snuck behind him. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna criticize what he did for a, a potentially a potential catch based on several things going really well mm-hmm. for for the
1: other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that I hope that Dancer sticks. I, I hope that in week five he's, you know, it does it doesn't take a a, a busted coverage to get Dancer off the bench.
0: For sure, for sure. I I think that we all I think a general consensus would be that he feels like the better player at this point. Yeah. There's also part of me that struggles with this mindset because when a player is a distraction, if that is the case, I think like from the tweets, there's definitely, you can make some interpretations. Um, there's part of me that like, doesn't want to reward that behavior. Um, but there's also part of me that's like, you know what, if he's playing, he's not doing that. So like, yeah, that's a win. Um, and so I think it's a it's tricky balance, and and this is why yeah. coaches make the big bucks um, to have to manage that and, and deal with that. But I think that seeing how that how that team played, like really, you you kept Cleveland to one touchdown and two
1: field goals yesterday, and if you do That's that, right. yep, the defense the part, played well. Yeah, the, yep. the 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 offense didn't show up. The defense did show up, right? Yeah. And we and we had some struggles in run defense, but. You know, I Frank, I, I think who, what was, you know, what were Mayfield's numbers by the end, right? He uh, was f- 15 for 33. So he was less than 50% completion percentage and 155 yards. I mean, you, you go into any NFL game and you say you're going to keep that quarterback to less than 50% completions percentage and 155 passing yards. Uh, you feel pretty good about that. And yeah, they, they ran the ball. And, and, and we knew they wanted to run the ball, and we still couldn't stop them, and that's disappointing. Yep. But, uh, you, you know, overall, the, the defense did play well. They yep. did. So, yep. and, a, and a lot of that comes back to Dantzler. But it wasn't just Dantzler, obviously. But the secondary as a whole, I thought, played pretty well. And, uh, you know, there were moments certainly on the D-line as well uh, in the pass rush and that kind of thing. So there's, there's plenty to improve on, but you also got to kind of tip the cap to the defense and say, you know, well done you actually gave us a shot to win this game. Yeah. So we'll,
0: we'll transition to our, our last down. But before we do that, we are going to get to an ad. Um, but also, I don't know if there's anyone that you wanted to shout out from the defense, like just briefly, any, any names. I, I know Everson Griffin had a had a great couple of plays.
1: Uh, anyone that uh, else on the defensive end that you liked? I, I like the pun there. And he, you said Everson Griffin, then on the defensive end. Um, that was intentional I, Yeah, it was It was for sure intentional uh, You know, the one who immediately Jumps to mind is is Dalvin Tomlinson uh, In that he had the sack And I just thought he had some really good You know, it wasn't like an Everson Griffin Where he's coming off the edge and spin move And, you know he, that, But, you know, that's obviously not his game But I, I just thought he had some good quickness To kind of shed the block and then get Mayfield down Who was trying to scramble um, I like Dalvin Tomlinson I think he was just so so in the first two weeks. I think he's been better these past two. And so I'll 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 say Tomlinson. Sounds good.
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan to jump on. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. I think this is a pretty safe bet. Last 0-0 tie in the NFL was nineteen forty-three. This feels like a no-brainer. The Vikings got to put up points, especially against the Detroit Lions this week, especially considering the, per- the performance uh, this past week against the Cleveland Browns. So if Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, transition to third down here. Uh, We are going to look at the path forward and um, we're we're, got two games left before the bye, I guess is, is maybe the the way we're going to divide this up a little bit. Um, Exactly. Two winnable games. Um, Exactly. But what do you have to say about the path forward and and what you see, I guess, both short-term and long-term here?
1: Well, I, you know, when I, when I was thinking about this, this down, I wasn't thinking at all about long-term because I mean, you know, it's cliche, but there is there is some truth to it in that, like, you know, you only control what you can control. And that, and that that's what's immediately in front of you, right? And so what Im- what's immediately in front of us right now is, one, understanding how Cleveland was so successful against us, right? And then from there, ensuring that we have answers for those things when we face the Lions this week. Because, obviously, Copycat League, everyone says that because it's true. Detroit's going to try and do some of the similar things. Uh, That Cleveland did against us right Uh, now Detroit and I believe we're at home so this is a game that will be embarrassing if we lose right it's always embarrassing to lose the Lions because they're the Lions Uh, but especially so in this instance where we really need you know if if you're in a slump gosh just go see the Lions and then they'll help you out right and so that's that's really the hope now they've had some close games and close games against good teams too. And so it's not necessarily going to be easy, I don't think, but this is a, a must win. Right. And then Carolina, I know Sam Darnold has played better. I know their run defense. I think they got gashed a little bit yesterday by Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but up until that point, they've been playing quite well, which happens to be bad news for us. Cause obviously we want to run the ball, but Carolina is still, even though it's on the road and they're a better team, uh, that's a matchup that ought to favor us, right? So I'm looking at these next two weeks as winnable games. And so I'm saying to myself, if we get into the bye at three and three, you know, it's no reason to throw a parade, you know, we shouldn't be ecstatic, but it's also far from disastrous, right? We go into the bye, we're a 500 team, seven teams make the playoffs, there's 17 games overall, we still have 11 games in front of us, Right. You know we, we you know we can do this right. Like if if we if we win seven of those eleven games, we're a ten and seven team, and in all likelihood, we've snagged one of the wild card spots. Well, okay, game on. Let's see if we can get hot at the right time and see if we can upset a few teams and and just see what happens. So I think the path forward really, I don't think so. One and three is bad, right? I, I was I was saying that we need to get to two and two at least. One and three is not good, but I don't think it's disastrous within the context of Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers. By week, right? Is, is that, are those your thoughts? For sure.
0: Yeah. Three and three is not four and two, but it's not far from, from that. Um, yep. And that was kind of the benchmark. I like it is, I think I always sometimes want to look long term. I think it's wise to not look too long term. And so I, I do think for yeah. sure beating Detroit um, feels like, yeah, we, the must win label. I guess could be applied to it. I, I wouldn't like, I, it would be really hard to come back, especially losing to the Lions Cause this is one of the games you got to circle as a, as a yeah. win. And because of the division yep. impact um, and yep. being at exactly. home, it has can't, been, can't lose it. I, it has been a lot of fun to see the Vikings home crowd and just like to watch yeah. that yeah. within the game. I haven't been following the Vikings um, for, for very long. Kyle's kind of introduced me to it. And, and last year obviously was a different year. I was watching the fans there um, and and cheering on this team. Like I just like you said, it, this has to be. If you look at almost any game in the whole season, this feels like a home game against the Lions is is a game that you 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 have, you have to, to have win. it.
1: Um, have to. Have, it's it's like getting an empty net goal in hockey. You know, close game, you have a wide open net. Austin Matthews has to put the puck in that wide open net. You know what you know what I mean? Just like Detroit Lions at home, we've got to take care of these guys right yeah
0: and and especially after seeing how the offense played this week um although i will say like Je- there were some good things I, Jefferson had a great game oh, um, sensational yeah he's just it's just so good to see him making catches like just to have a receiver that you can do that um that can do that for you um but all it to say I do th- would love to see a blow this week like just just yeah yeah you know, like a like Thirty plus points on the on the offensive end,
1: like, a low stress win <laughs> would be perfect. You know, if it's if we win thirty five to seven, I say, oh thank God! Oh man, we needed that, right? You just kind of like breathe a bit of a sigh of relief, almost. Yeah,
0: yeah. It that would be huge. I feel like that's the that's the goal. And I I um, obviously you don't want to um, expect that, but at the end of the day, yeah, win win this game, make it happen. Yeah, let's let's do that roll into the to the bye week how how last question i'll ask um regarding this how do you feel considering how the season's going where the bye week is for for this team like are you do you feel like it's good i guess like part of it maybe depends on how the next two games go um Like, if they're really rolling maybe you're almost like maybe push it back a little later but how do Mm -hmm. you i guess how do you view where this bye week is placed for them
1: Part of me wants to say it's good. Um, just that like, because it, it, if, if it does go like we're hoping it goes, which is to say, if we do get a win against the Lions, and you should never overlook an opponent. I know Sam and I are, but we don't matter. As long as the team takes them seriously, and the coach takes them seriously, and they don't let the Lions sneak up on them, then they'll be fine. And then the Panthers, right? And so if you go in at three and three, then I feel like it gives you a chance to catch your breath. You say, whew, okay, we took a few shots. You know, we had that questionable fumble call against in overtime. We missed that field goal against Arizona. We totally cramped the bed against Cleveland, our offense at least, right? Um, But look at us, we're three and three and we're still right in the thick of the action, right? And so I feel like it allows you to kind of catch your breath. Uh, Christian Derisar uh, was in pads yesterday. He dressed, he didn't play, uh, but he was... He was there. He was in pads, so he's making strides. Anthony Barr is really close. The team, by and large, is healthy. I know we lost Irv Smith before the season began, uh, but that ship is sailed. Uh, we're not getting Smith back this season. Maybe if we made a deep playoff run, perhaps he could come back. But for the players who are actually available to us, we're relatively healthy, apart from a couple key notable names. And so, you know, ideally, this will allow us to, if we get to three and three or so five hundred, with eleven games still ahead of us you catch your breath you get the fully healthy and we get the Dallas Cowboys in primetime on halloween that's friggin scary right because that's a team that we should beat but they have enough talent that they'll give you all kinds of issues it's mike mccarthy i hate losing to mike mccarthy he's not a very good coach primetime cousins all this stuff um but you've you've had two weeks to you no know, i think historically zims vikings don't do particularly well coming off the bye but um you know, we'll just see. We'll, we'll just see. Um, so I kind of like it in a sense that it allows us to kind of get our feet underneath us after what was a bit of a rocky start. And last year, if you remember, we also had a week seven bye. We had the first six games. We went one and five, went into the bye, came out playing pretty well, ended up coming short in the end. So here I hope that it's – we get in at, instead of one and five, we get in a three and three, and then play pretty well coming out of the bye and give ourselves a chance to make a run, you know, late in the season absolutely yeah i think if you ask the players though they would say later because i think they you know it's a grind to go 11 straight weeks and then if you do get into the playoffs then it's these high intensity crazy games for a 12th week a 13th week etc it's a lot
0: yeah no exactly that's that's kind of my thought too is that it is nicer to have it later but it i think that your point about it's almost like a reset a little bit where exactly to like you basically you're at you've you've put six in the books and hopefully you're at 500. Uh, yep. And then you're like, okay, what do we need to do moving forward to to right. improve this? Because 500 right. isn't going to be enough. Uh, but right. But it's certainly not not one in five.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Good. Well, we can transition out of the odds and ends and uh, provide a little bit of wild updated. Right now, we're just in preseason, um, so there's not a whole lot going on. A lot of the exciting things happened. Uh, previous week, but one of the things that I did want to do very quickly is almost do a little bit of a prediction of uh, the Central Division, which the Minnesota Wild are in, uh, and look at that division as a whole. I I think that, in general, people would look at the Western Conference in the NHL and feel like it's definitely weaker than the Eastern Conference, Um, and I think that the Central Division is stronger than um, the Pacific Division as long as they're keeping these, these names. Um, and so there's a chance that upwards of five of these teams, five of the eight teams can look at making a, a playoff spot. I think that for sure you look at um, four, when you get the, the three top three in the division, and then you look at the two wild card positions that the NHL has. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, I, I do see Minnesota being in that top three. Uh, so Kyle, I, I know I didn't give you a whole lot of prep for this. We got Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. And so, for me, Colorado is 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 one. I think that they obviously they made a trade. Like they they lost Grubauer and brought in Kemper. Um, As long as Kemper can stay healthy, that's been a little bit of a concern. Um, They do have friends who's as a backup who is okay. the The goaltending has been the question mark, but that team is just so good. Um, I feel like they're one. I think for me, then, it goes to Minnesota-Winnipeg. And I actually really like what Winnipeg's done this offseason. And so Mm -hmm. I actually wonder if they will be too. And I actually think that there's going to be a little bit of an advantage for Canadian teams in some ways with the way that travel works. And I think even just like the restrictions, I wouldn't be surprised if we see American teams visiting Canadian teams if the records may be a little bit weaker. Just because like up here in Canada, we still have – Um, more restrictions like they're they're, it's getting back like more and more normal but I know um, even some of our our western provinces are struggling a little bit with COVID right now from from our sense and so with that I actually think that that plays into Minnesota's or um, into Winnipeg's favor so I'm going to say Colorado one Winnipeg two and I'm going to put Minnesota three Um, and then we've got kind of Chicago Dallas St. Louis. I, I think that Arizona's Arizona's trying to be bad. Like, like they are very, 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 very bad. They have they've got half the draft this year. Um, they've just traded away <laughs> everyone for for draft picks. Uh, so they're close to the bottom. And I think that Nashville is is struggling. Although t- there's always a team that could could surprise, and they definitely have some players still there. Uh, but in terms of the those three remaining spots, you get yeah Chicago, Dallas, and and St. Louis. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know where to go with with those teams. I think that um, I I'm kind of interested with Chicago uh, mm-hmm. and and Dallas. Um, I, I do feel like those are probably the teams that are battling for those two wild spots. But uh, Kyle, any any thoughts on that? Do you uh, d- disagree or with anything that that's there?
1: Well, I so I give I'm I'll give my one caution here in a sense, but I'll preface it first. So obviously, so I, I don't know as much about hockey as Sam. I don't follow it nearly as closely. Um, I know enough to know that Colorado is a stacked roster, and so I fully anticipate them being number one. And then I do like Winnipeg quite a lot. I've always liked Winnipeg, or at least since they came back recently, not you know not too long ago. Um, so I like Winnipeg quite a bit, and I would be very very happy to see them win a Stanley Cup this year, or at the very least have a successful season. I don't necessarily know if they will, but I, I like them quite a bit. So I'll very gladly give them that number two spot where I would caution with Minnesota. So Minnesota was such a delight last year because we had no expectations, right? We didn't think that they would do as well as they did. Right. And even when they were initially doing quite well, we were saying, well, we're not really sure if it's going to continue. And, you know, and then they, you know, they keep going and you're saying, wow, okay, they got something here. Um, So now there's a funny thing happens when Minnesota sports, uh, comes up against the hard reality of expectations, and um, that can be challenging, right? And so I would I would caution, in a sense, um, being overly optimistic. In that, anybody who's followed Minnesota sports knows what happens. Quite often, not always, quite often, when you bring that optimism to expectations, and then reality unfolds, and we often get something quite different. And so wouldn't it be shocking if a team like Dallas, who has a little bit of talent, or a team like Chicago, who has a little bit of talent, ends up doing better than, say, um, Minnesota. And so I will actually guess Chicago is in that three spot ahead of Minnesota.
0: Okay. So by most betting lines that I was checking out today, just I don't... I, I don't bet, but I I do think that sometimes it, it gets a sense of where people think they are. People have Minnesota as number two in this division, almost consen- really? like almost as a consensus. Like oh, Colorado man. is is far and away the favorite, and Minnesota, depending on the line, by actually a pretty good margin. They've got them in that two spot,
1: which is that might be that might be the kiss of death if everybody believes in Minnesota. That might be the kiss of death.
0: Yeah, you're you're speaking as a Minnesota just a Minnesota sports fan exactly. Uh, so it. Regardless, there is like I think after Colorado, I think it's fair you could see several of those teams within that four to or like the two to five slot or even two to six slot really. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not a cakewalk, but they're. Uh, I think overall, if you look at the holes or like the possibilities of boom or bust with with different teams, I actually do feel like Minnesota's got uh, st- some stability there. Um, yeah. Some, yeah. I think there's some serious question marks with other teams, and I think that um now with the contracts they're they're done it's good we're we're safe we're we're good for for the time being um I do yep. think that they've got they've got a good shot and so mm-hmm. hockey starts I know I think the first game's on the 13th which is this uh it's a week Wednesday so it's it's just wild to think that, Hard to believe. that it's, it's already back this is just a great great time of, of sports I you know we had football yep. yesterday and I, I was following yep. the, the baseball and Yep. um I know we had Brady's return to New England last night and we're gonna postseason baseball we got football and, and hockey and, and then shortly after basketball is coming back so yeah um, yeah great time to be productive um good well let's wrap there uh Kyle where can listeners find more of your work
1: so hop over to vikingsgazette.com hop over to purple ptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com um you know, a bunch of Vikings written content there, both from me and from others. And so by all means, check those spots out and, and keep listening here. If you feel so inclined, we, we appreciate all the clicks and all the listens that we get.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll sign off there and look forward to breaking down the Detroit Lions. Take care.